How are you? I'm great. Yeah. See what time it is here. Kind of ticking time, so you keep time too. Heck yeah, you know it. Oh, thanks. At least the air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good to see you. Great to be here. How's the baby? It's doing well. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, you good. Yeah, 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 awesome. Um, in, in terms of Carson, what sense do you have of his availability during the offseason program? What's your expectation up on this? Well, obviously, uh, you know, he's still he's still rehabbing and, and getting himself healthy and strong and. And again, you know, just like we've done in the past with him, we're just going to be patient and, and let him let him get strong and not putting, you know, as you know, we're not putting any timetable on him. And when he's ready, he's ready. And um, you know, we're, we're optimistic uh, that, that that he'll be he'll be ready to go for OTAs. But again, we're not going to we're not going to push it and, and uh, force anything. Missing time last offseason seemed to have an impact on him early on. Just OTAs, not training camp. Are you concerned at all that the back injury will cause him anywhere near that amount of time as last year? You know, I don't I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll allow him to miss that much time, you know, because um, obviously he was, he was rehabbing a knee, and that was that was major. Um, you know, this is just a matter of making sure everything is just just right, you know, with him and his body, and, and when he's ready to go, he's ready to go. But again, you know, I'm optimistic that uh, uh, that, that he, he won't miss that much that much time. At, at the uh, combine, we're asking you about kind of adding speed to the offense, and we're downplaying it a little bit, but obviously get to Sean. What kind of went into that decision? What do you expect him to be able to add to you guys? Well, you know, as you know, we're always looking to add value, add talent to a lot of our positions. Receiver is one, and um, you know, we we do our due due process, due diligence. We look at all the all the you know free agent receivers, and then of course now we're in the process of our college receivers and stuff like that. But you know, Deshaun is a, a very explosive receiver. We we know him. He's he's been an eagle before, and now we're excited to to get him in the room and get him caught up to speed and. And really looking forward to, to you know working with him. Are you allowed to talk to him? And if so, what have you said to him? I don't know what the rules. I only spoke to him when he when he came in the day he signed, and then we're back to the dead period now. So um, you know I really haven't had any communication other than congratulating him when he when he signed. As the play caller, how much pressure does it put on you now having three really good receivers, two tight ends that you have to kind of spread the ball out? Well, listen, I mean you got one football, and it, you know. A lot of times defenses dictate where the ball goes. You know, I mean, I can I can sit here and tell you, hey, we got a play designed for for Alshon, but it ends up going to Nelson Aguilar, you know, or you know, it's designed for Zach, and it ends up going to Dallas. So it's it's hard to say, hey, we're going to get you know X amount of touches here, 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 and here. It just it just doesn't work that way. So you know, we're going to scheme and we're going to game plan the way we always have, and and uh, we teach the quarterbacks the progressions, and, and and Carson gets through his reads, and the ball ends up where it ends up. Doug, uh, to uh, joint practice again this year. Joint practices? Yes, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go against Baltimore this year, week three of training camp. Yeah, it'll be in Philly. It'll be in Philly. Why? What's the benefit? You've done it before, but you didn't do it last year. Last year it just didn't work out. We were trying to get a couple teams last year, and it just you know scheduling just didn't work out. Um, we reached out to a couple teams this year, Baltimore being one, and you know and they're right down the road, and, it, and it's simple for them. It's easy for us, and um, we get a chance to play them and. and 
we had a great experience two years ago, you know, with the Dolphins coming in, and, and uh, we want to do it again. How about the, I'm sure you're, you're aware of what Bruce Arians did, hired a couple of willing assistants. Is that something you might be open to, and have you considered anything like that? Yeah, I think I think that's that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the, the what, what's what's happening, what you're seeing with, with professional sports. I think you're seeing, you know, you're, you're seeing, you know, with, with Shireen and, and as a PT, you know, you're, you're, bringing, you're bringing more women into your building, and I think it's a great opportunity for them, and and you know they have to go through the process just like, you know, just like hiring a, a male coach. You know, so if if uh, you know if someone's qualified, a woman's qualified to, to handle a position, then then I would be all for it. You know, but uh, right now, right now, you know, my staff's full, obviously, but um, you know, I'm encouraged in the direction in which we're going. Sorry, um, so are you so you have Deshaun now, and you have a lot of money invested in the wide receiver position. You have. Maybe the best tight end in the league, and you have a very promising one. And we talked about, about this last year, but your production 12, in 12 personnel versus 11 was better. Look at the yards per, per play. How do you balance that now having Deshaun versus a, a guy like Goddard, who you're obviously going to get in the field more? I mean, it's just, why, why did you still kind of, in some ways, I think you went a little more 12, but why did you resist going more 12 than 11 now? Down the stretch last season. A lot of times, it's just a lot of times it's, it's just dictated by defenses and game plans and how things how things are you know falling out in the game. <clears throat> there's been there's been several times we want to go in with 12 personnel and it ends up being a you know our 11 personnel type of a game. It just it just happens that way, um, you know. And, and there's a balance, you know. I mean, those are all things we took a look at as a staff this spring, and we're going to continue to explore that through OTAs and training camp. But you know, obviously we have. We have guys now that we can put out on the field that, that can be explosive, and, and a lot of times too, in your in your twelve personnel, a little more run oriented, so your play action pass becomes a little bit bigger. And there's where you're seeing some of the yards per attempt what, really spike. What, you, what, what kind of what kind of findings did you come to uh, when you really looked at twelve personnel and why Dallas? Why was it effective? Well, there? I know you guys. You, a lot of times when you get teams in nickel, I yeah, get that, but yeah, and you know I'm not going to give away all our secrets here, but it just it just so happened that when when there's, there's things that we're going to do. I'll just tell you this. There's things that we're going to do. We're going to implement this spring in our 12 personnel to uh, hopefully give us an advantage in the fall. End of story. You said that you want Nate Sunfield to compete for that backup quarterback job. A lot of the, the veterans on the free agent market have, have signed. Where is that competition going to come from? Well, as I mentioned, too, I'm really excited about Nate. You know, and, and, and I think that... It, the quarterback position, you know, is another one that's not exempt from competition. So we're going to continue to look, obviously, out there. We got the draft coming up. We got a, you know, our roster is constantly changing, and, and we're by no means anywhere close to being done with with anything with our roster right now. So, but I'm excited about Nate. Uh, this will be another big spring for him, another another giant step in his progression, and, and really encouraged where where he was at the end of the year, and I think where he can go this season. Don't feel about where you guys are at in, in terms of running back right now. And you haven't had anybody new just yet. Before you get healthy, yeah. Well, we won a Super Bowl with three guys that came after the draft, so um, our roster is continually shifting, and we're still well, listen. We got Wendell, you got Corey coming back, you know, uh, Josh is coming back, and uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by those guys, you know. And again, and just kind of like what we were talking about, the roster is constantly taking shape, and uh, we're going to continue to explore everything and add value and talent where we can. So, when you look at back, what's that? You want another running back? I mean, yeah, you, you, I want another tight end, too. I need another quarterback. You know, I need offensive linemen. I need everybody. You know, we, we got to fill out a 90-man roster. So, 
Um, it's it's not a position that is exempt by no means. Uh, we're we're going to constantly and continue to add add value and talent where we can. When you look at the that you used, um, is there more layers to, uh, every year that you keep adding to that you know, without giving away? I mean, how does, how does that kind of work? Yeah, um, yeah, we take a look at a lot of that stuff, you know, and a lot of for me, a lot of the decision making, in-game decision making with analytics, and and then of course, you know, with our sports science, with with the players off-season, and you know, we take a look at a lot of things, and we're still still exploring and really doing a lot of studies in some areas that that can that can help us. Um, obviously, we're studying other teams and and using that as well, um, but uh, you know, we're going to continue. I'm going to continue to use them where we see fit, and, uh, you know, if it benefits our football team, we'll continue to use them. So, what have you seen from, uh, in, in draft what have you seen from, uh, I mean, he's a, he's an exciting guy, he's a big back, he's, uh, he's athletic, I think he's, you know, he can, he can, he can, he can give you that first down, second down, you know, productivity, um, he's exciting to watch, um, you know, and, and he's, he's going to be a good player. How about cat, pass catcher? Not bad, not bad. What I've seen, I I wasn't there at the pro day, but what I saw at the pro day and some of the things in the combine and watching his tape, uh, you know, it's not bad as a catcher coming out of the backfield. Doug, are you anticipating Sproles coming back? I'd like to have him. You know, um, I can't speak for Darren, obviously, and it, it's, this is his time to make these decisions. But I would love to have Darren back. When you look at the run game last year and why it wasn't as efficient as it was the year before, I mean, was it scheme, the blocking, the, the backs? I mean, what do you kind of, I know it's never one thing. but Yeah, I mean, I think it's that? a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we, we got away a little bit from the RPO game that we did the year before. Um, the defenses were taking it away a little bit, so we had to come up with some unique ways, and these are all things that we're studying now this offseason and ways to uh, improve that. Um, and, 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 then, and then just... Um, you know, sometimes I had to call it more. You know, I, I, I didn't didn't stay patient enough at times, maybe uh, in games, and um, and then sometimes it's the way the game is, game is going. You get behind, or you know, you're 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 not in a you're kind of in a catch up mode, and, and you get away from the run just a little bit. But you know, it's a combination, I think, of everything. A little bit. So, just to follow up on Darren. So, have, is he planning to play next year? Have you guys heard that from him, or do you know? Anything? I haven't talked to him. I mean, you have him. Has the team? Has the team? Right. Does the team know where he stands in terms of whether he wants to come back or not? You know, this is this is yeah. You know, again, this is Darren's decision. Obviously, we'd love to have him. We, I don't, you know, I can't speak for Howie or any of the other guys in the building, but um, we'd love to have him. Love to have all our players back that are. But listen, this is their time. You know, I I get it. I was there once, and uh, we'll respect his decision when it when it comes. Is there a guy that you need to know by with him and maybe Chris too? I mean, listen, the, the you know. We've gone, we've gone down this path with Darren every year, yeah. you know, not here for OTAs, and he comes to training camp. So, you know, it, it, listen, the, these guys know how to play. Chris and Darren both know how to play, uh, know how to get themselves ready to go. I'm not concerned with either one of those guys. Doug, in terms of major players, I know you don't want to put the timetable on the turn dates, but is there anyone who's definitively out for the offseason program, whether it's, it's Darby, McLeod, anyone who you know you won't have this spring? You know, these guys are, they're coming off major injuries. And if you just track Carson's path last year, that might give you an indication. Um, and I'm not going to tell you exactly who and sit here and tell you because timetables change. You know, uh, healing times change. But, you know, we're taking each one case by case, day by day, week by week right now. Um, 
just want to get them all healthy and get them back when they when they can. And, and, and the reason I ask too is, is because it was clear last summer you had a lot of guys who didn't have an off-season program or really didn't even have a training camp with preseason. Were you anticipating that type of situation again? Or do you think you're going to help your roster come the summer? I think it, come come summertime. I think it's going to be. I think we're going to be healthier. But at the same time. This is a great opportunity to develop some of our younger players, some of the guys that will be out there, the Matt Pryors. You know, you get Sidney Jones back out there. You know, guys like that. You get, you get, uh, you know, uh, you're getting Trey Sullivan back on defense. Get him to work again. And, you know, you're, you're talking about Jordan Mulata, you know, Nate Sudfield, guys like that. So this is a great opportunity for them while while the you know, other guys are, are resting to get themselves ready to go. Speaking of Jordan Mulata, how close do you think he is being able to actually go into a game and play at this I mean, he's he's improving. You know, again, every day is a new day. You know, with him because it's all it's all brand new. Um, this, again, he's a, he's another one that fits in that bucket of this will be a big off season for him and his learning curve and his jump and his progression. So, you know, we're encouraged by it, um, and and we'll see come training camp. You know, especially in the games. You didn't confirm whether certain players had minor surgery, but from the field to Cox, Fletcher had something done. Is that correct? Fletcher did have something done. Yes, I think that was. Yeah, that came out. Is he someone that you expect to be back by this spring? Um, again, he's another one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rush back. He listen. He, he took a lot of reps last year and, and uh, could probably use a little time. But yeah. but uh, he's he's doing well. He's doing well right now. Well, you guys had last season. The season was largely about guys going down, guys trying to come back. You know, are are you worried? You've got quite a few situations in the air right now. How do you keep that from becoming a cycle that repeats itself? I mean, it's hard. Um, it, it's, it's a tough situation, you know. But um, you just got to continue to work your roster, and this is where this is where as coaches we got to really develop our younger our younger guys and get them prepared and ready to go. Just like we did in the two thousand, you know, the twenty seventeen season, a lot of our younger players had to step up and play that year uh, due to injury, and you know, we had we had a lot of it just sort of snowballed last year, obviously. Uh, especially in one position, but uh, this is where we get to prepare these guys this spring and have them ready to go. Now, do you need um, more speed in the secondary primarily at the safety position? Would you like to get more? I mean, what speed? do you mean by speed? What, what what does speed look like to you in the secondary? Well, Malcolm coming up and running and fitting a fitting a, a C gap or well, coming off the center field and, and blowing up a guy on the sideline. What, what does speed look like? Back from an injury. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm obviously cannot cover all the people he has to cover. Don't tell him that. <laughs> okay. Malcolm be in his locker like he spring, huh? <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> okay. I won't tell him that. Well, I'm asking. Uh, I'm asking. And you have age there, too. So well, you know, we, we added uh, Andrew Sandejo. Um, okay. I'm going to tell you something. I'm excited about him on our roster. He has, he has depth. He has value. Um, you know, now you're looking at, at him, and we get Rodney healthy and get him back, and Malcolm. It's just it, it, the more guys. I mean, you go back to 17 and, and some of 16 when you have guys back there that can rotate through. It's like the D line when they can rotate through and they're all playing and healthy. Yeah, it's going to help everybody. It's going to help Malcolm. You know, Malcolm took a lot of snaps last year. In fact, all of them, and and didn't come off the field. And that's a credit to him. You know, so. Uh, I'm encouraged by by Andrew again getting him in here, Sandejo getting him working and getting him caught up. You know, Bobby Maddox's case, where do you see him? Do you see him as, as a Maddox? Safety, yeah, as safety slot and outside. I think he can. He's versatile. I mean, he's one of those guys like an offensive lineman that can play both guards or guard center or both tackle like Big V. 
Um, you know, he'll work inside nickel spot. He'll also work, you know, with, with Craven uh, LeBlanc, and then he'll work he'll work outside as well. So, and then he's played safety. I mean, he, he's a guy that those are the kind of guys and players you look for. You know, um, that have that kind of versatility. Did you have Mills have to play corner, or can you move him to other spots in the second? Well, I mean, you know. He's played corner. I think he continued to play corner. I think I think he's uh, another player that can be versatile that way, um, and 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 be more. Uh, doesn't have necessarily be maybe position specific, but at the same time, um, you know we'll, we'll just. I love him at corner right now where he's at, but uh, nothing says he you know he, he he's worked some inside. He's outside. I mean again, he's another guy. You try to. You try to train everybody to do everything. That's kind of what we do in the back end. Do you have up on the cornerbacks uh, that you know probably can make some argument for a considerable playing time next year. How are you going to balance that? How do you see the depth chart loosely right now with all those guys? Yeah, you know, right now you really don't have any kind of depth. You're just kind of you're just kind of getting guys out there, and that's what OTAs are really the, the phase two portion of our, our uh, off season is. It's all drill work and fundamentals and getting these guys caught up. But once we get into OTAs, and really once you get to training camp, you really get to see, you know, the competition, and that's what you want, you know, and that's that's why we continue to add add depth in a lot of positions. You know, corners another one. There's going to be some going to be some great competition out there when, when everybody comes back and and we get everybody healthy. So uh, I'm looking forward to that battle. How's Mills doing? Is, is he still working through Jalen Mills? Yeah, he's still working through his injury, still rehabbing, but but doing well. Is this a, do you still do you view it as a long term thing? Or? Long term with him, in terms of his recovery. You know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, he is improving and getting better, but um, again, without getting too specific, uh, would, would would feel optimistic about uh, him. You know, maybe training camp, but and then another one that's I, I, you just got to be careful with with that that type of injury and, and just make sure he's one hundred percent. What is that type of injury? There. Lower body. Do you do you have a lower body? I have lower body too. Hey, to follow up on the uh, the speed. Speed element of, of did you guys? I mean, the, the NFL seems like it's getting it's getting it's fat. You know, it's certainly getting more of a. I mean, obviously, speed is always important, but maybe even increasingly so. Did you guys look at yourselves and say, okay, we need to get faster? And that was one of the reasons why Deshaun was was acquired. I was going to say something smart, but <laughs> who are you comparing us to? Like when you say speed around the league, is there a team? Is there a what do you I mean? I mean, it's it's obvious. Every team is subjective. Speed. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's subjective. subjective. I mean, everybody has to speed. say. But I mean, certainly, but in adding Deshaun, though, you felt like there that was something. That you I mean, if you take a look at last season, in the way that if you look at the entire league and how the league from the start of the season to the end of the season, you saw what happened. You know, teams' offenses were coming out gangbusters, scoring a lot of points, racking up a ton of yards. But what happened at the end of the year? Points went down. You know, touchdowns go down. Everything kind of you go back to the play, play great, play great defense and run the football. Right. And so it's all subjective. I mean, if you if you want speed early in the year, then yeah, you'll get speed early in the year. But you know, you got to sustain that for you know 17 weeks and, and more into the postseason. So um, it's just based on, I guess, offensive philosophy and how you want to attack defenses. What do you think about the rules changes that are being discussed here about uh, expanding replay, maybe having an eye in the sky, stuff like that? Do you have a position on these? Things? You know, my position is, is I want to, I want to, I want to make everything. I want to get it right. I want to get the calls right. I want to help. I mean, listen, I can appreciate these officials. It's it's a tough game to officiate right now. The the the, the speed 
of the game uh, is there, and and so it, it's 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 tough. It's tough on these these guys, and so you know we're trying to come up with ways, unique ways to whether it's the you know uh, the, the the sky judge and, and maybe kind of the things like the hey, look at the AAF and what, what what they're doing. But you know my my position is I want to make I want to get I want to get calls right. You know, um, and and make the game, make the game, you know, especially for the fans, um, an exciting game where where you know a lot of calls aren't being missed, or if they are missed, we can we can make them right. But yeah, when you voice your lightning, you want to get them right. How do you get them? Well, that's the things we're discussing this week uh, here at the, in Arizona. I mean, that, you know, there's there's ways of, of helping the officials. There's ways of you know, coaches can be another. Uh, if they add another layer of, of replay, you know, which are all things are being discussed. I mean, there's there, there's some ways, there's some unique ways and creative ways. We got to look at what the AAF is doing. We got to look at what college is doing, and and uh, really kind of you know think out of the box just a little bit, you know, as coaches, um, as a league, and, and really, again, everybody. I think everybody across the board would say, let's just let's just make let's just get it right. Let's just get the calls right, and and make the game exciting. Um, you really, you know, you, you don't want what, and, and these are things we talked about, you don't want the Saints-Rams deal. You want to get that play right, you know, because that's what everybody's talking about. And and so uh, if we have if we have the ability to do that uh, and help, um, then it's just another layer. Does we it can necessarily have to be done with replay? For instance, uh, when Nick Foles had his face mask, he yanked around, spun his head around, and the official admits that he made a mistake. But the other official's not, from what I understand, Permitted to tell him he made a mistake because they have their own area of expertise. Well, Does yeah, every official has every official. Their eyes are in certain spots. I mean, they're looking at certain things. So, yeah, if one guy's looking at the quarterback, another guy's looking at the offensive line, and vice versa, or the, down the line, you know, whatever. Um, but if there's another guy, say upstairs, that's watching the whole thing. Um, you know, obviously coaches are watching. There's things like that. So there's there's another layer that, that could, could possibly be added where it doesn't complicate anything um, that could that could really help in those situations. What about replay? Uh, what about um, penalties? I mean, should they be reviewable? You know, I think there are certain penalties that could be reviewable. Obviously, it's it's tough at full speed when you're talking about OPIs and DPIs down the field, those, you know, 40, 45, 50-yard fouls down the field. Um, you know, those those are hard to officiate sometimes. Um, you know, the ones the, the, it, it's it's those ones that are that are that are the obvious ones. You know, like maybe you see a guy that comes across, you know, that, that safety with all that speed you're talking about, uh, blows up or hits a a, a a receiver, but he catches him in the shoulder instead of the head, and then you know, a flag is thrown, and you want to get that play right because everybody sees it. No, he didn't hit him in the head. Hit him in the shoulder. So, you know, again, it's 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 a it's it's a fast game, but you know, those are situations, those are obvious situations that you want to make right. So, there's more there's more data available in terms of analytics to you guys as a team than there used to be in years past. Is it becoming harder to like kind of use your gut on the sideline, or are you leaning on analytics more than you used to? Be? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously technology is moving at the you know speed of light. I mean, it's it's really it's really progressing and and uh, and taking off. You know, really, a lot, a lot of decisions. Some of them, some of them are analytical decisions. You know, based on on studies that we've done in, in, in certain areas. 
but quite frankly, too, it's it's based on game situation and gut feel. You know, how's the team performing right now? How's the offense performing, defense? You know, how they performing uh, for for some of these decisions to be made? But you know, um, we're going to continue to use them, uh, and and you know, you, you have to kind of you have to kind of take what you can and use what you can. You know, in in, in game. Decision making. The player, the player tracking data obviously was released for the first time last year. In what ways, or was it useful at all um, to you as a coach? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't honestly, quite honestly, I have to confess, I didn't look at a lot of it. Um, you know, I, I leave that up to our, our sports science guys and let them let them kind of dive into that kind of stuff and some of the analytics there. But you know, at the end of the day, I want to make, I want to look at players in, in the face and talk to them eyeball to eyeball and ask them how they're doing and you know. Um, Make sure that, that these guys are, are ready to go. But the analytics versus the gut, just following up on that, you find that the analytics become part of the gut after a while. Sometimes there's a blend there, um, and, and that's that's a good question because sometimes you think you're making that gut feel, but it's, it's some of the some of the analytical data that you've studied that sort of now become part of who you are. Um, yeah, so it does kind of bleed over into that. Sean talked about how you and him had a really good relationship and dating back to when you coached for him. How much has he matured since he was first with the Eagles and when he first kind of interacted with him to now? You know, I really can't answer that because I haven't spent time with him. Um, I was coming off of pain meds when when, uh, <laughs> when I congratulated him, uh, you know, coming back. So it's so hard, what, it's what hard is, to answer. What but your relationship with him? We had, a, I mean, I was quality control, you know, um, really had a really good relationship with him and of course working with the quarterbacks at the time and the receivers just his explosiveness and stuff and um you know looking at looking at looking at his career now just from afar uh you can see how he has matured in his game on and off the field and he he's listen he's 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 a great guy great guy uh family man um and we're just excited to have him in the fold he told a story about uh the Bucks game where there's an injury timeout and you kind of walked over and said, "Hey, are you mad? At, are you mad at me? Uh, what, what what made you think that he was mad at you?" Because earlier in the game, first quarter, after he had just scored, um, there was another play on our sideline and he looks he looks at me and he says something like, "Like you never should have let me go. You never should have let me go." And I was like, "I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there." <laughs> And then that play happened down in, uh, I think Corey Clement got, got dinged down in the, uh, yeah. by the goal line there. I, I walked out and Deshaun was down there. He's like, why are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? But I asked him why he was mad at me. I said, don't get mad at me. Right. Um, so we had a little exchange in that game. It was, it was fun. In your uh, first year as head coach, you said you want to get in the habit of drafting a quarterback every year, having a young guy. Obviously, Nick's presence and Adam May couldn't do that. Do you want to get back into that habit with like a, yeah, you know, we're always looking, again, at quarterbacks. And, and uh, you know, if, if there's a guy out there that, that can fit and, and really um, a, a developmental type guy, maybe maybe even competes as a third, you know, comes in and competes as a third or you keep him on practice squad or something, I'm always encouraged by that. You know, I, th- I think you got to continue to, you know, find those guys, you know, and develop quarterbacks and, and, uh, and prepare them. How's this draft in terms of day three guys? Good. It's really good. Um, it's one of the positions right now that when I get back home, um, I'm going to spend more time looking at. I've, I've, uh, I haven't really looked at all the quarterbacks yet 
so far, but of the ones I've seen, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty healthy, you know, to find that day, even a day two, maybe day three guy that you know you bring in and develop and, and see what happens. So you let Wiz go. Um, he would have been your backup you know again it just goes back to you know um, an opportunity for players like like himself uh, to, to start have an opportunity to play more you know um, it benefits him from a standpoint of uh, of being on the field and then and then from our standpoint it, it gives us a chance to uh, develop some of our younger guys you know and 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 Again, it goes back to our roster constantly taking shape, and you know we're we're still in the still in the process of doing that. And, and you know you make tough decisions from year to year. Um, you're gonna, guys are going to come, guys are going to go, and and I'm, I'm excited for him, obviously, and getting get, giving him an opportunity to go play. The top the top three receivers spots seem to be pretty set. How do you view the backups there and some of the young guys you have on the roster? Yeah, I'm looking forward to some of the young guys. Um, you know, uh, Braxton Miller is a guy we, we had on practice squad. I'm looking forward to, you know, watching him and, um, you know, just, just seeing some of the youth that we have, uh, getting Shelton Gibson back out there, you know, and, and uh, you know, Matt Collins when, when, he's, when he's 100%, getting him back out there. And, you know, of course, he missed all of last year, but, you know, get him back out there at some point. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to these guys. Again, guys that have been with us taking another step showing in their progression and, and uh, being in a position to help us. During your uh, during your uh, playing days when you spent time with uh, Mouse Davis, what what kind of influence did that have on kind of the way you think about offensive scheming and, and coaching? Or did it influence it at all? Yeah, you know, I mean, I look back on, on you know, he had a run-and-shoot style offense, and uh, it was the first time I've ever been in that type of system, and um, it's... It was interesting because it's you know route route running is based on leverage a lot, um, free access versus bump and run coverage and things of that nature. So, you know it kind of it, it kind of has spilled over a little bit to what we do with some of the some of the option routes we, we do with our receivers and, and, and tight ends, and really running away from leverage. You know, running away from uh, certain defensive uh, you know uh, coverages, things like that. So. We don't necessarily do the the roll semi rollout stuff, you know, that we did with him with the quarterback position, but uh, there is some similarities in some of the route running. In that Jags game uh, in London, Goddard had the one uh, TD where I think he kind of uh, adjusted. Is that kind of an example of that? Um, a little bit, or a little bit of that, but that was just that was just those two guys, Carson and uh, Dallas, kind of just making a play because there was the defender uh, right outside on the number as Dallas was running his route. And Dallas did a great job of slipping and, and, and working back inside when Carson threw the ball. So that's more of those two guys just kind of being on the same page and, and making that play. Doug, how we spoke a lot about uh, Carson and contract extension and how this is obviously something that you guys are looking toward. What's your involvement in, in, that, in that whole process and that decision? Well, I mean, listen. We'd love Carson to have, you know, he, he, we drafted him for that reason. You know, uh, to be our to be our quarterback, and, and you know, a lot of times, you know, my job is to get Carson prepared to play on game days. And the better he gets, listen, he, he's going to be right there in that conversation. You know, and, and um, I'm just excited for Carson this year. You know, to take that another step. This will be a, another big step for him in that in that in that you know in that regard. But 
you know, for me, I don't necessarily I stay out of all the contract stuff. I just got to get Carson ready to play on game day. Do you see him in, in the building? I mean, obviously, you guys kicked off the ball until, until good, uh, workouts begin. I mean, he could, like all the players, you're coming in and, and working out and rehabbing and all that right now, yeah. yeah. What kind of sense do you get to some talking to him about his, his, his uh, thirst, I guess, for this season to kind of like exercise the whole kind of injury prone? narrative that's out there. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you know, you've, you've heard him talk about it, um, and I'll just echo kind of what he said. I mean, he's, I don't necessarily think he has to prove anything, but I think he, you know, he wants to be out there for his teammates and, and uh, help us win football games, and it's important to him, and, and uh, you know, uh, he understands that, and, you know, we're, we're just getting ready to go. Does he have anything to prove? I mean, I mean, I don't think he has anything to prove. He's done a lot already. I mean, you know, we just got to continue to develop him as a quarterback, and he can grow as a quarterback and um, help us win a lot of games and continue to help us win a lot of games. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get back in here and working with him and, and getting ready to go. I asked you about being a play caller and getting the ball to every guy, but it's obviously going to fall on Carson, too. Um, how, how do you think he views that? Does, does the quarterback have to worry about making sure everyone gets fed? I don't. I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to think of it that way. Um, you know, it's still a progression offense, and you know, you just got to get through your progression, get through your reads. You know, you can't. If you if you if you if you try to just force the ball, you know, here 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 all the time, you know, uh, you don't you don't allow the whole offense to work for you. And, um, so we just continue to teach teach progression. The ball's going to go where the ball's going to go, you know, and that's that's why we just continue to, you know, progress forward and, and uh, prepare our guys, you know, the same way each week. Doug, has Chris Long given you guys an indication one way or another about what his intentions are for this year? No, Chris, you know, Chris is another one like Darren mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, these guys, this is their time, you know, respect their time and, and uh, you know, um, we'd love to have him back, obviously, you know, and, and, and um, but he hasn't indicated one way or the other. Doug, what are some things you want to as a head coach? I think, I think for me, and just taking another step in, in play calling, um, I think I can still continue to grow and get better. And, and uh, a lot of the situational things that I've looked at, uh, I can, I can, I can, I can get better uh, with some of the decisions I made last year. Just more or less like run pass type options, you know. Um, I think, I think being. Uh, I go back to 17, and, and there were some opportunities that, that I, I just got to maintain that aggressiveness, and so I can each year just maintain that and stay on stay on the cutting edge of that, uh, and then find unique ways to, uh, um, you know, convert. I mean, you know, it'd be interesting. You know, we're talking about you know onside kicks and things like that going away, like the AAF is doing with like fourth down. So you know, that's another that's a, just another layer of. Of situation, so you start thinking about those types of things, and and uh, you know, uh, putting your team in those positions. We're not there yet, obviously, but um, I don't know. It's intriguing. It, it's something to something to think about. You know, um, fourth and fifteen, and you keep the ball. Who knows? Um, but and then and then just running the team, just day to day managing the team, um, still being open, still being honest, communicating with the players, um, being demanding holding guys accountable, things like that. that. Those are all areas that I can continue to grow in. You, you mentioned aggressiveness. In your self-scouting after the season, did you look back and say, okay, there are some areas where I wasn't the 2017 dog in terms of 
guys? Yeah, and, and, you know, and last year was, was obviously a, a tough year. Um, but I look at it, and some of the fourth down decisions I, I look at, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier, maybe maybe I go and, and throw the ball a little bit more in those situations versus run the ball. And I, you know, you got to weigh it, you know, back and forth. But um, two point conversions. Uh, I think about some of the decisions I made, and, and you know, that's me. You know, still having the aggressiveness and showing the team that we're going to stay aggressive in a in a kind of a calculated way and not a, not a silly, just kind of a whim type of a decision. Um, other areas I looked at third third down. There, there looked at third were, down decisions. Few, there were a few before the half times I thought were Doug Peterson in 2017 would have called, would have like been aggressive with like under a minute left and, and, and rather than just kind of like run the ball and kneel down. I always think back to the AF, NFC Championship game when you when you and it hurts hurts on that sideline. Right. There were a few times I thought that this past season where you didn't do that. A lot of times a lot of times it's and what what you don't know, what we have the privilege of knowing is what happens on the first play of that drive. The first play of the drive can dictate the rest of the drive. So if you go back to that game, we had a chunk play, I believe, on that first play. First or second play, there was a chunk play in there. Um, and so that, that can that can dictate how you how you end a half. Um, if it's a negative play, then maybe you do something a little bit different. But those are all things that we work on and, uh, and talk about on the sideline leading up to that drive. When you open up but, but that is an area that, that we look at. Yeah. Has this been a more normal offseason for you? I know you've had the surgery, obviously, but comparing it to last year, has it been more what the offseason? It's, it's been a really good offseason. Um, we've, as a staff, you know, I had, we talked about it at the Combine, you know, with some of the staff changes and some of the new additions, getting them settled in. We've been able to, we've been able to uh, really, really dive into our schemes, you know, offensive, defensive schemes, special team schemes, and and kind of, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, we'd, we'd love to continue to play, obviously, but you can kind of sit back and, and and really dive into your roster, dive into your, your your playbook a lot, and and really come away with some great things that you can implement this spring. It's been good that way. I know you said sometimes when you're watching draft prospects, you pick up some scheme stuff or you know interesting things. Are there programs that you see that you look at them and you think, wow, they're innovative, or are there trends that are happening in college that you just see, you know, kind of seeping into the NFL right now? Yeah, I think it's I think it's league wide in college football. You know, it's a lot of spread offenses. Uh, you know, I, I you know some offenses are going to run a lot of two tight end sets, and so I, I look at that because we have two tight ends. Um, more offenses are going to be in. Uh, 11 personnel, so we'll take a look at some of that. <clears throat> Obviously, in college, their their formations can be a little different than ours. You know, tackles are uncovered and all that kind of stuff, but um, which we can, we can't do, obviously. But um, you know, play design, gadget plays, you know, uh, RPO game. Those are all things we look at as we study these these college kids. We spoke about messaging and, and being a front of the team. A lot of these guys have, have been here now throughout your coaching tenure. How do you keep it from becoming stale? You push a lot of these buttons already. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to find creative ways uh, to, to motivate. <clears throat> I think you got to find creative ways to um, 
utilize your time in the spring so it doesn't get mundane and monotonous and we're doing the same thing over and over. And so there's going to be there's going to be a couple changes, not not major things, but some things with the schedule. We're going to do a little bit differently. Um, just we're going to try to flip, especially in, in, in phase really in phase three. Um, I'm going to I'm going to try to implement like offense in the weight room first, defense will meet, and then they'll flip. You know, and, and, and do some things creative that way, and then we all kind of come together for special teams, and then hit our walkthroughs and practice and all this kind of stuff. And you know, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm exploring right now uh, some ways to, to really maximize our OTA practices, those 10 practices we get, um, and really do dive into more situational. I started two years ago with that. I got, I think, a little better last year, but I want to really dive into a lot of the situational stuff in OTAs and prepare our players for uh, those opportunities in game. So those are all things I'm looking at moving forward. Hey, Doug, you guys have clearly been committed to Carson kind of from the jump, but, but Nick did some amazing things, you know, like playing the Super Bowl and brought the team back to life this last year. I'm curious what, like, what the conversation's like behind the scenes as you're kind of mapping out the future to, to, to make the decision to make sure that you're making that process like conversation? Well, I mean, you know, look, we drafted Carson for a reason. Talented, going to be our starter, you know, uh, face of the franchise, franchise quarterback, all of that. Um, and obviously we wanted depth at the position. So we went out, we had Chase Daniel the first year, and then we had Nick the last two years, two veteran quarterbacks. And then we've added Nate. Um, and then, listen, you, you get to a point where at some, at some, some, at some level, at some, what Nick has done has has given Nick an opportunity to be a starter, and and me personally, I didn't want to hold him back from that. I, I, I feel I'm not, I'm so excited for Nick, you know, an opportunity to go play and, and run a run a franchise and run an organization because we've we've got so much confidence in Carson, and that's 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 the battle, you know, that's the struggle because we've got a great quarterback in Carson, and and but yet. We understand and appreciate what Nick has done for our for our team, for our organization, for me personally, and then and then it gives him an opportunity to secure his family for you know financially for the rest of their lives and and, and go play. So um, for me, it was it, those are tough decisions, but at the same time, um, I'm excited for for both quarterbacks moving forward. Carson's talked about the shadow of playing in Nick winning a Super Bowl and taking to the playoffs last year. Uh, do you worry about that? I mean, obviously there's a lot of pressure playing quarterback in the NFL. There's a lot of pressure playing in Philadelphia. But the the, the, the bar is pretty high for him. It's either win a Super Bowl or you're, you're going to start hearing it. From you? Well, I mean, from fans probably. But we're, 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 He'll hear it from him. We're a reflection, from, we're a reflection of, the, of, the, of the fan base in Philadelphia, as you well know. Are you? Yes, you we are, are. We're a conduit. Are you? Yes. We is like we, <laughs> or is it just I? Me? No. What are you talking about? I'm the most docile of the. Where are we going? With this here? Where are we going? <laughs> Do you worry about Carson being able to handle that kind of pressure? That's, you know that's what? an immense amount of pressure. I go back to when I was in Green Bay, and and when I had a chance to go in. And, now I'm not Brett Favre, but I couldn't be Brett Favre. Brett Favre's Brett Favre. Doug Peterson's Doug Peterson. Carson wins his card. Carson. Carson's fine. Carson, just go play. Carson, just just lead our football team. Do the things he's done. 
Um, and I don't worry about that because if we start thinking that way, we start thinking about the end result and not the process, then, then we're, we've lost our mind. You think he thought that way last year? Who? Carson. Do you think that pressure, that, that burden was on him last year? I think you'd have to ask him that because um, he was having a really good year, you know, uh, before the injury. And um, I, I think that's a question that, that only he can answer, you know. Um, but he looked different. Again, I think you might want to ask him. I, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to. What did you think looking at the film? We were winning games. Not, well, you weren't. You were 4-6 and six when he went down. Well, we started, yeah. Well, we won a couple games. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you've been around Carson for three years, what is it that makes it? What? I mean, you didn't win many games, but <laughs> it's a it's a team, man. It's a team. It's not one guy. Okay. It's not about one guy. Uh, what is it? What is it about Carson? Now you've been around for three years, that makes you so confident he can be a franchise. I love. I love the way he works in the in the building early. He's prepared. He's prepared. You know the way he studies. Uh, love the way he practices. Not, not only when he's when he's in the drill, but off to the side when he's working with guys. Um, just love the way he leads our football team, you know. And and, and he's just got to continue to do that and, and just be be Carson. Let his personality show like everybody else, and, and he'll be fine. Doug, the Buccaneers hired a couple of. Uh, is that something that, uh, what are your thoughts on that, first of all? Is that something you've ever considered? Well, we talked about that earlier. Where were you? I'm sorry. Where were you? I can't, I'm all the way back here. I can't hear you. Where were you at? Where were you at? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I have one for you. What makes a tight end special to you, and where's your guy kind of in that mix? Well, I go back to my days again at Green Bay. We had we were blessed with really good tight ends, you know, in Green Bay. And a lot of the so-called, I mean, West Coast offense, you know, was designed around tight ends and having having guys that were athletic and, and uh, great matchups. And, you know, we feel like, you know, obviously with Zach Hurts right now, I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's a Pro Bowl caliber guy. He's, um, you know, he's a leader of our football team. He's, he's dynamic on the football field. Um, and then we added Dallas last year. And, and, um, so it, it just, I love having those big body guys that are right in front of the quarterback from a passing standpoint. You know, guys that can get open, uh, athletic. Uh, just kind of makes sometimes makes your as a, as a quarterback's friend, tight ends can be that. Before I hand it over to Sal, what, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what makes your, what, is there anything that makes Central special? Zach? Yeah. Or Sal, yeah. We asked definitely Sal, too. I want to hear that one. No, um, we'll be here all day. I tell you, I, I love the way Zach works. He's constantly, he, he's a pro's pro. He's constantly working on his craft. And, and that, that's what I love about Zach, and that's what makes him special. Sal. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. So uh, I got a quick baseball question for you. Oh, baseball. day, Philadelphia, Thursday. Why do you think a person... I won't be throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. Your arm is great. I can this, do it. Yeah. Um, why do you think a personality and a player like Bryce Harper can fit into a city like Philadelphia? Because I made a video and sent it to him and said, you need to be in Philly. That's why he's there. No. I, you know. I'm sure that made a, a <laughs> yeah, big impact. Yeah, it made a big there. impact, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think when, when players of Bryce's caliber, um, 
take a look at all the options available and you spend any kind of time in the city of Philadelphia and you're around our fans, um, it becomes almost a no-brainer, you know, for, for athletes to come to our city. And, and I'm excited for the, for the Phillies organization. I'm excited for our city, our fans. <clears throat> um, it's the makings of an exciting year, you know, and, and, and um, we're just happy that, that Bryce chose Philadelphia and, and – uh, um, I know he won't disappoint, and I know the, the city won't disappoint him. I was around him a lot in spring training. You could just see this is a, one of those locked-in athletes like Carson. Like, he wants to grind. He wants to make sure he's getting better each and every day. Do you think the city will respond to him like they have to Carson? There's no there's no doubt in my mind they will. Um, you know, that's that's what our city embraces. They embrace the guys that, that work hard and, and are committed to the organizations. They're committed to the you know, the fan base, and, and uh, you know, Bryce has proven that throughout his career and, and what we've seen through spring training so far, and and um, just looking forward to this season kicking off. What have you seen from Carson this offseason in terms of just him getting ready for the regular, for getting, getting ready for the offseason? You know, he's, he's in the building a lot. He's, he's he, Obviously, he's rehabbing and getting himself, you know, healthy and ready to go, and, and, and he's he's another one that, uh, you know, as we have many guys in the building doing Getting him, getting mentally and physically prepared for for another for another run. Mentally, where is he? He's good. He's in a he's in a great spot. You know, he's he's feeling good. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of conversation right now um, about him, but the, the times I've seen him, he's he, he's looking good. He's feeling good, and, and he's, his mind's in the right place. One of the things that he said in the off season, in response to some of the stuff that came out about him, was, "I need to be a better teammate." In what ways do you think he needs to be a better teammate? Well, first of all, I think. Everybody can be a better teammate. I can be a better coach um, to the team. Um, you know, I think being a better teammate would just be, you know, being maybe a little more, uh, sometimes being a little more vulnerable, you know, being a little more accessible. Um, you know, you're, you're obviously committed to your craft and developing your skill, but, you know, you, you, it's it's like you want to you walk across the aisle and, and talk to you know, talk to the other side, and and, that, and that's all part of a, of a maturation process and a growth process, and you know, it's something that you learn through time. And I, I watched it with some of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever played with. I saw it through Dan Marino, I saw it through Brett Favre, and guys that you know, for them to become better teammates, they they embrace the entire team and 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 take on that take on that personality, and then, and then, and then people follow. And Carson's got that. He's got that in him. He's got it in his DNA, and that's what we're excited about. You've been around him, and you've been, obviously, in this situation. He's gotten married. Uh, he's been injured. He's come back. It's been, I'm sure, a humbling experience. He's, you know, he's maturing as a young man. Are you seeing that? I am. I am. And, and, and again, you know, he's coming into his fourth season, and, you know, he and I are tied. We're married together, too. And, and um, you know, and, and, part of, and part of my job is, is to help help all the all the players on the team become better teammates and that's that's part of my job so uh, i'm looking forward to this season working with him again and and uh you know getting this thing going did you really make bryce harper a video i did what did you say i I can't remember (laughs) i did say this he is my father-in-law's favorite player so i said well if you come to philly Maybe I'll see my father-in-law more than once a year. <laughs> is that a good thing? That's a good. Oh, that's a good thing. No, it is a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. Yeah. How long are we gonna be on the DL here with this uh, this wing? Oh man, I got four more weeks of non-weight bearing, and then uh, I'll, I'll, I'll you be ready for OTAs. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. It might still be in a you and Carson. Both of us. We're All right, good. Thanks a lot, Doug. Yeah. So you mentioned Carson. Maybe he can be a little more accessible. 
Is that something you saw last year, specifically just because of the rehab and the injury, or is that something you've been seeing since he came as a rookie? Yeah, you know, we we've seen it, and you know, obviously seen it, kind of kind of both scenarios. Um, it is harder when you're when you're not with your guys like he was a year ago because he was rehabbing, and he's not he's not out there, so it's like it's hard. Um, but but the more the more now he interjects himself with the team, and that that's what when I was talking with Sal right there. I mean, that's that's what you see, you know, and. and it, it, it's, it is difficult. It is difficult because you want to be out there with your guys and you want to be competing with your guys. And when you're not, it's hard. When you talk to him, when you talked to him after that article came out, was he annoyed, angry, hurt? I mean, what was you know what? I, I didn't even, I didn't even acknowledge it. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't have to. I thought he addressed it well, um, but I didn't feel the need to talk to him. When you promoted Carson Walsh. Uh, what did you see in him as a uh, person? Yeah, you know, when, when I interviewed him, uh, I guess over a year ago, um, Carson, he's smart, he's energetic, uh, he's coached in our league before, uh, he coached with Mike Groh at Chicago, uh, he coached Alshon Jeffrey, um, and, and he, he really he really fits what what we need, you know, quite frankly, on offense, and, and I'm excited for him and, and uh, you know, a chance for him to really get in that room and teach and lead and um, he loves the details part of the job, uh, the fundamental part of the job, um, game planning part of the job, and uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see him really, really take another step this this offseason. In, in Derek Barnett's case, where is he physically with the injury, and also emotionally with his brother, and he never went through Yeah, I mean, it, it's listen with the family stuff. I mean, that's those are all things that that I you know kind of the father figure comes out in me, you know, and want to make sure our players, they go through tragedies like that, uh, are okay. Um, let them know that I'm thinking and praying for them and, and uh, want them to understand that, you know, first of all. Um, again, he's another one health-wise. He's, he's rehabbing. He's doing everything right. He's getting himself ready to go for another season. Is it, is it fair to say that he's a player who really needs to step up this year given the role he has and obviously the investment you made in him? I mean, listen, he, he started out lights out last year uh he was playing well <clears throat> and uh one, <clears throat> excuse me one of our top pass rushers last year edge rushers um he doesn't necessarily have to prove anything to us he just has to be Derek and, and go play Doug I know you talked about Nick a million times I was looking at the Jaguars what are they getting in Nick one they're getting a great person um great family uh a great leader you know someone that can really um bring that offense together and bring that team together and you know he's he's not a he's not going to be a rah-rah guy he's not going to you know stand on the table and and hey follow me but he's one of those guys that's going to lead by example and uh um he's going to work extremely hard he's going to be in early and and out late um and and he's he's going to demand excellence from everybody and, and that's who he is and uh um i'm excited for him is he a guy uh, is he a lift the franchise type guy? Is he what? Is he a lift teammates around him type guy, a lift the franchise type guy? He won a Super Bowl for us, so um, he lifted a lot of players up that, that year, so yes, he is. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, DJ Pagnetti's new role, is he still the guy in your ear from the group? Ryan? Yeah, I'm sorry, with Ryan Pagnetti's Is he still the guy in your ear, or is there something else taking the role? Yeah, no, um, 
I, I haven't changed that. You know, he and John Ferrari, you know, um, they do a great job for me, so I, I haven't changed that. You guys made a trade with the Patriots to send Michael Bennett to New England. What kind of player are the Patriots getting in the You know, I'm excited for Michael because, one, it gives him a chance to, to play, you know, and, and, and really be a starter. When that, that's what he, want, he wanted to do. Um, they're getting a... They're getting a great person as well. I mean, he's a good teammate. Um, he's obviously a dynamic on the football field. He's got a lot of a lot of gas left in the tank. Uh, be exciting to watch him. What did he bring to your locker room? You mentioned his role might be able to be increased in was there Was there some frustration there on his part where he wanted to play more? No, I mean, you know, he, he he's a – listen, he, his whole career he's been a starter. And, and when he came to us, the expectation – and we're always open and honest. We rotate a lot of guys up front on the D-line. And, and um, you know, he was inside, he was outside. And, of course, you know, we obviously added Malik Jackson to, to take some of that pressure off of him always coming inside. And now this gives him an opportunity to play. Doug, you're, the, the defense and the young secondary seem to really come along at the end of last season in the playoffs. Uh, given that you have a lot of young guys on, on rookie contracts, why did you make the decision to bring Ronald Darby back um, well, again, we, Ronald was having a great season, uh, having a great season last year prior to the injury. Um, he's a guy that gives us. I mean, he's a, he's a really good corner, and he gives us depth uh, at that spot. And uh, you know, I was excited, excited that he wanted to come back and, and, and sign with us, even though it's a one-year deal. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to have him back and look forward to getting him out there when he's ready. And you know, it really solidifies. Who's the I think that's something we'll look at this spring. I know I know Jim and Corey, you know, we're gonna you know look at that and, and uh, you know we felt really good what, what Craven had done, you know, towards the end of the year as he came on. I mean, you know, he, he he's tough and physical in there, but Sydney's another guy that obviously could be in that mix. Um, so we'll, we'll explore that this spring. And Mike Linebacker, who's the top guy going this spring? I don't have that answer. The only no reason I say that is we don't have, you know, from the standpoint of a roster, we haven't really put all those pieces together yet. So we're, we're, we're looking to continue to add, obviously add value, add depth at that spot, and then we'll sort that out as we go. So you brought in uh, a handful of guys who are 30 or more than 30 this, this offseason, adding to a veteran group. How do you look at that? No, I mean those are all things that we, we look at, but you know these guys can still play, and, and uh, um, yeah, do you, do you want to add youth? Yeah, you, you definitely have to add youth, and that's what the, the draft and, and is for. And then of course the the, the the developmental type of players that we have on our roster now. So um, there is a balance there, but you know the guys we brought onto our team <clears throat> that uh, uh, might be a little bit older, they can still play, and we can get we can get a lot of. We can get a lot of reps out of them, and, and uh, you know, Deshaun hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, uh, and that's that's good for us. Doug, last one, please. One more on Bennett, if I could. He's a big personality. How did his personality mesh with your locker room? Great. I mean, really good. Um, you know, he, he was a guy that he he loved to have fun. You know, um, and and you know, what I allow I allow our players to have that sort of freedom. 
you know, and that freedom of speech and sort of express themselves that way. I think it's, I think it can be healthy for your team. And uh, he, he did a nice job of that. And, you know, one of the things that I was proud of with him. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. How, How are you? Good. I'm walking better than you. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> How long did you get that contraption? Uh, 